0: For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025, but I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass, and we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star.
1: Hi, I'm Martha Beck. And I'm Rowan Mangan, and this is another episode of Bewildered, the podcast for people trying to figure it out. Not
0: unlike Rowan Mangan, my delightful co-host here.
1: How dare you, Martha Beck? How dare you assume that I haven't got it all figured out. Just because (laughs) I walk through my life confused and crying (laughs) (laughs) and miserable and constantly say, I just can't figure it out. I just think it's very rude of you to just go right into the assumption that I'm trying to figure it out. Mm, you're,
0: you're exactly right. I think you are, you are walking amongst us in disguise as a person who has not figured out, but mm. actually on the inside, you've got it all figured out. That is the entire basis
1: of my relationship with you. <laughs> and it's a lie. It's a lie. Might- I haven't got it figured out, Marty. I was just Damn it. kidding. Damn it. I was hoping you did. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know any. Okay. So tell us what you're trying to figure out majorly. All right. My thing that I'm trying to figure out, and. Mm. Um, regular listeners to our show will know that there's a little bit of a theme in our lives, Marty, of uh, having issues with robot servants.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, we are equal opportunity robot servant employers. So we have um, not long ago, there was a thing. (laughs) There was a thing called Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day. Oh, Prime Day. And we got a little bit overexcited by the massive sales. I'm the am so sorry works. to be, I don't want to be advertising Amazon for God's sake. But anyway, we have a friend who has a playlist on Amazon music and then there was a big sale and we wanted to listen to that playlist and boom, two Alexa dots turned up is that what they call? Echo dots. Echo, Echo, dots. Dots. So Echo dots. These
0: little round things are like the size of a softball sometimes. Some are bigger, a little bit like a soccer ball. Anyway, they're ball-shaped and they sit on your shelf and, and create they lovely are, soundage.
1: They are always listening. They are always that's the
0: thing. They speak and you think, oh, speakers. I know speakers, but you're not used to a
1: listener. Yeah.
0: In that ball.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's just it's weird that everything that is spoken, I mean, let's not go down the conspiracy route, but I'm pretty sure no. All right. <laughs> Listen, here's what we did. And here's what I'm trying to figure out is how to make peace in our household <laughs> and joy and relaxation, frankly. Uh-huh. Because this is a scene that I witnessed between you and Karen a few days ago. Mm-hmm. There's an Alexa mm-hmm. Echo Dot thing. Yeah,
0: you call it it's an Echo Dot, but its name is Alexa.
1: All right. Well, wishes to
0: be referred to as Alexa. And God help you if you say anything that sounds like Alexa because it will
1: respond. It will. So there's one of those little round things. And um, Marty and Karen are there trying to put festive music on. Festive holiday music because this happened at a holiday moment. It did. And then – (laughs) <laughs> Basically, there's there's another one in another room, because we all, got two for Prime Day, right? They were just they were like throwing them at you for nothing. So, but it 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 they all listen, and then the one in the other room could hear us when we were trying to talk to the one who was here from like blocks away. It can hear it you. It is crazy, and so it all culminated in Alexa. Yes, yes. No, not you, Alexa. Yes, yes. Play this, and then and then the other room, Alexa starts playing it, and then this room, Alexa starts playing it. And before we know it, I shouldn't stop. I should stop saying. We Alexa. could do It's like I'll be one, Alexa, and you then be the other in the other room.
0: Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle through all the way.
1: <laughs> we were like, what? What's happening to us? Um, it was very confusing, and it culminated in Marty and Karen. Hunched over the little round <laughs> robot servant that was in our room, whispering <laughs> <"Alexa."> <laughs> and then if one of them raised their voices a little bit, the other one would go "Shh, shh, shh can I hear you. <laughs> Alexa, and, shut up!" Oh, not not you were like "Shut!" No, what? Yeah, it was really like it was sort of like the Cold War. It was. Or or the Second World War, all those people doing radio communications. Yeah, and and everyone's
0: listening to everyone and you Mm -hmm. can't trust anyone and they're, like, broadcasting inadvertently. It's exactly like that but with jingle bells. Thank God. Our daughter, Lila, of course, we named her Lila so that she would be sure to not pronounce her L's. So she goes <laughs> over to Alexa and goes, AYAKSA! AYAKSA! <laughs> it won't respond to
1: AYAKSA because no. God help us if it did. It sort of half listens sometimes. It's like trying to encourage her. It like flickers its little ear a little bit. You know how it has the right. light, <laughs> And it's like, almost there. <laughs> Anyway, so that's me. Marty, what are you trying to figure out? cacophony.
0: It's cacophony around. And that's probably why it's cacophony within.
1: Mm. Because
0: I sit and I meditate, you know. And uh, it's gotten all cold, so I have to bundle up to meditate. So I'm in this wad of blankets meditating away (laughs) in the morning. Oh, you have to be warm in the morning. Anyway. There's this thing that in Asia they call the monkey mind, right? It's always saying things like, Why are you in a wad of blankets? Why aren't you doing something useful? Why are you such a terrible meditator? And they call that the monkey mind, and you're Mm. supposed to make friends with it. Well, somehow, my, you know how everything's listening to us, Ro. Yeah. It's like your phone starts spewing up references to things that you have vaguely mentioned to a friend, and Mm. like, I want a tiny house. Suddenly there's nothing but tiny house ads in your your thread, whatever the thread is. (laughs) Is it a thread? It's a pool. It's a river. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I got out of nowhere a text containing it. Well, maybe it was just on, I don't know. It was on one of my things that came into my phone (laughs) and it was in Chinese, which I should be able to read, but I can't because I forgot. (laughs) Um, I could renew, but it had an English translation. Can
1: I just interrupt for one second and say I asked you what you were trying to figure out, and so far we don't know what the story is about, but you've given me about nine things that you cannot figure out, (laughs) (laughs) mostly (laughs) where these little chunks of information come from your phone into your brain. You have no idea where they've come from. Completely bewildering.
0: It just comes from all directions. It's kind of fun. I have to say, it is sort of the spice of life, not knowing what the hell is going on. Oh, oh. (laughs) Anyway, this said in English, the translation, a wild monkey appeared. (gasps) The wild monkey bites brutality. Wow. Yes. Don't feed him and don't fight him. Even if you fight,
1: you can't win and this just came from an unknown caller on your phone
0: <laughs> sort of yeah i mean it had a picture of the wild monkey he didn't look like he was biting brutality he was just like looking at a thing in his hand but it's like i knew looking at him the dread of it came up to me and i was like something knows that the monkey in my mind has has like evolved into something that bites brutality and even if i fight don't feed him and don't fight
1: him just i'm sorry i this is some sort of English translation of some sort like can yes. you can you just give a bit more what is this thing actually it, it was, was in
0: chinese s- it was now- a sign that was posted uh-huh. somewhere in china uh-huh that's all i know i don't know if it was like in a restroom or uh, you know a restaurant or if it was in a children's <laughs> classroom but somewhere in china a wild monkey appeared and the wild monkey bites brutality <laughs> When I when you think about it, if I sat and let my monkey mind bite the brutality in my mind, maybe it would overcome the brutality. Anyway, wow. it was terrifying, and I, I felt like the mess. The universe was giving me a message that I can't feed it, and I can't fight it. And even if I fight, I can't win. So somehow, I have to like in my meditations let the monkey, the wild monkey mind, run around biting brutality, and it, it, I'm basically
1: in a nihilistic um, downward spiral. It's fascinating, isn't it? How these, they—it just reads like poetry. It does, and it's like found really, poetry. really, really wise ancient poetry. Yes. Don't, don't feed, feed him, him and, and don't, don't fight, fight him, and you just—that I mean—that just takes me somewhere. Like, I know. What does it mean? The profundity. To feed a wild monkey. That That's actually—you know what?
0: You have come around from the ridiculous to the sublime because that is exactly what you do if you like have a panic attack. You don't feed it and you don't fight it. Even if you fight, you can't win. Oh, <gasps> you just solved the koan for me. You are like my my sensei, my my shifu. Is it shifu? They?
1: I forget. I forgot all my chi- anyway. Let's go on. Go on. Let's go That's- on. I've got a quick Karenism before we get into today's oh, topic, which is super fun. Um. So this was just a few days ago. Karen, our beloved Karen, and I were talking about a friend who was coming over. Is actually coming over later today, mm-hmm. and. I said, don't forget, our friend is vegan. And Karen's like, oh, yeah, no, I thought about that already. Um, I think we'll just give her some cheese and stuff. <laughs> and I went, hmm, yeah. And she's like, what, is cheese considered dairy, dairy. now? <laughs> is cheese considered dairy now by all these woke people? <laughs> oh, they just decided to include it. And But I have to say she did the air quotes on dairy. Oh, my goodness. On dairy. Dairy. Is cheese considered dairy now? I mean, what next? People marrying animals? <laughs> Cows? Is, is fruit considered plant material now? <laughs> anyway, so that's my quick little Karenism before oh, Karenism. we get into today's topic. Yeah. We'll be right back with more Bewildered. I have a favour to ask. You might not know this, but ratings and reviews are like gold in the podcasting universe they get podcasts in front of more faces more eyes more ears all the bits that you could have a podcast in front of that's what they do so it would help us enormously if you would consider going over to your favorite podcasting app especially if it's apple and giving us a few stars maybe even five maybe even six if you can find a way to hack the system i wouldn't complain And um, a review would also be wonderful. We read them all and love them. So thank you very much in advance. Let's just go out there and bewilder the world.
0: For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025, but...
1: That's what we wanted to talk about today. But I hasten to add, not that energy. Not, not that any energy. energy. Not the energy that we were talking about when we were talking about spoons, for instance. Not that en- energy. Also that not either, energy like
0: fuel energy.
1: No, no, not the energy sector or the renewable energy sector mm. or anything like that. No, we mean other kind of energy, you know, the kind that you can't, you don't really talk about until you know someone quite well. (laughs) What do we, what do we mean by energy?
0: Kind of feel around for it. It's a kind of mood or feeling or intention that comes across without any words or any physical action. So actually when you get to know someone, one might say that along with observing what they're doing and hearing what they say, you're also picking up on an energy that tells you whether you can say to this person, I'm feeling an energy around you. And they, you know, they may not punch you squarely in the face mm-hmm. because you feel the energy. It's, it's a sensation in the body and mind that doesn't seem either physical or emotional. It's just a,
1: woo, <laughs> you know,
0: but yeah, yeah. They, there
1: it is. And so it's that's that sort of thing that it's like we're emitting energy mm-hmm. that's connected to how we're feeling in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And that is something that people can read if they're attuned to it. And I think we always do. You
0: know, people can say – and people have actually said to me, like in business situations where they have a slip of the tongue and they, they'll say something like, well, he's great to work with, but his energy can get kind of intense or something. And then mm. they don't realize they're talking woo-woo. Yeah. But it kind of slides in there because the fact is – we all i think we all experience this yeah
1: i think so too and yet it's it's one of these funny things that that we come across sometimes with this podcast where it's a little bit um you know the the culture shies away from it and because the culture shies away from it it exists in that area of like is it is it is it naff we i would say in my i have no idea what that means I, yeah if you don't know what that means that's impossible to translate oh
0: well good <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Thanks for that. Just read enjoy. the energy of that word. <laughs> <laughs> Is People, it boodly, boodly, boo? People who know, they just know. What does yeah. naf mean, my oh, darling? Um, the way I'm using it, I mean sort of like a little bit. Um, stupid? Awkwardly, yeah, a little bit stupid. Mm. A little bit like. Mm. um See, I'm I'm struggling. It's a hard thing because, like, it's like cringy. Yeah, like with the new agey sort of stuff, oh. and it's like we all know that most of it is bloody true, and yet we can't say we it because we don't want to seem like freaking idiots, <laughs> right? So, right. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit more about what we mean by energy, while acknowledging that it's naff, it's naff, but guys, it's real. It's real, and we're all picking up. On, I mean. You can
0: tell when something changes in someone's energy, if they're sick or... I mean, the one that I always am interested in is when somebody's just interacting with you as a friend and their energy turns to something like they want money from you or maybe they decide you're sexually interesting or something shifts and they don't really say anything different, you just feel
1: different. And you can tell it's coming from them. Sexually interesting. <laughs> like you're just like oh never <laughs> thought about it that way before yeah no i totally totally agree and and it's not even just like i think often we confuse it for like you you're picking that up and you think oh it must have been their tone of voice right 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 you know but or you know body language is the one that i i always think people mm-hmm. assign stuff to and that is real yeah of course and it's all part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like you can even get it, you know, you were saying sometimes you get an email and yeah. it's like, Contains. one time,
0: I mean, this was so interesting. The, uh, a while ago, you read a text from someone that was a little bit odd and out of the blue. Mm. And I said, oh, he's drunk. Mm. Just like bang, he's yeah. drunk. And then I just looked at you because I don't even know people are drunk when they're drunk. I grew up Mormon. I don't they're like why are they acting that way? That's Plus, so strange.
1: It was like early afternoon, and it was a professional interaction. Yeah. So it would just, and it was a person yeah. I've never met.
0: Yeah. I was and amazed like, by that. This is sort of clipped, and I was like, "Oh, he's drunk." And then later,
1: it turned out they were.
0: Somebody called back, and he was like apologizing for being drunk. Yeah. So there you go. It it came from just this brief. It was literally three words. Yeah. Where did I get that? And another one is, I I actually have been working on this, but I can actually feel people getting angry at me. (laughs) Often I feel it when they're not even in any way angry at me. But I have had the experience multiple times of somebody feeling offended and feeling it pick up and pick. suddenly their energy is with me in the room. Yeah. I'm hypersensitive to anger.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I find out, yep, they were pissed off. They got mad at me for some reason.
1: (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. You talk about it as ick bombing, right? Ick
0: bomb. If somebody's really after you, if they're really enraged, you feel ick bombed.
1: Yeah. um, And I I definitely feel like um, you can sense that. And it's interesting because it's like it's connected to attention, Mm -hmm. but it's also – there's a there's a like size and intensity component to it, like, yes. and I think it's really interesting with you because you are a public figure to a certain extent. And are you, you mad at me because of that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we just ask now, constantly asking asked. each
0: other. Um, so I'm a public figure.
1: Yes, go and, on about that. <laughs> and you know, as a speaker, uh, you know, public speaker, and everything, you sort of there's this larger than life energy that you bring that isn't even woo woo energy. It's just literally mm. the physical energy that you bring into a room. It's literally caffeine <laughs> and. Um, and I think, you know, and then you can have, so a lot of people responding to you with Mm, their energy. mm. And I think that can happen, you know, like with like live events that are done on zoom or on, you know, you do broadcasts on like Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And you, you talk a lot about how, when people's like, when the the crowds energy shifts as one, you can kind of feel it. You know, who talked to me about this once? Oprah no way we were talking
0: about doing zoom broadcasting as opposed to being live in the studio and i said but you can still feel the energy and she's like oh yeah you can completely feel the energy you can follow (sighs) it it can shift like she's an
1: absolute genius but she's also like such a pro and at a certain level of professionalism it doesn't matter if something's woo-woo or not if you can use it to it is pragmatic yeah, yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah, that, That's reminds,
1: that reminds me of a completely
0: unrelated story. Could I tell it very briefly? Go on then. Okay, so when we lived on a ranch in California, one of our water pipes broke way under the surface. It was buried like 10 feet down. And this gruff farmer comes over, totally pragmatic, nothing woo-woo about him. And he's like, yeah, I have to find the break so I can dig down and fix it. So what does he do? He picks a stick that is in a Y shape, and he freaking doused mm. the spot. And that... For those of you who don't know it, dowsing is using a stick. You hold it up and you walk along and when it senses water, the stick pulls downward and he dug straight to the leak. And I was like, yeah, we all mock it and sneer at it as magical thinking until it freaking works.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's slightly different because I don't. Completely different. But it does fall. (laughs) It does fall into the same category mm-hmm. of like weird new age stuff where we feel a little bit uncomfortable yeah. because we just don't, you know, it's we talk about this stuff all the time. Science hasn't caught up, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to mention that places can also oh have God. energy, right? It's not just people. Intensely. And is that just like the, like, do we leave behind a residue of energy on the walls well, or something, you know- do you think? It's, it's ever since I've, I've been obsessed with the
0: idea that time isn't linear since I first sort of grokked it when I was 16 reading uh, like Einstein for dummies
1: or whatever. And yeah, except it wasn't. As you know, it was Einstein for the overachieving thought, teenager.
0: Okay, so if time doesn't really exist, um, maybe every place holds all the energy of everything that happened there. Mm. So we live – you drove across the country from California to Pennsylvania listening to Hamilton, Mm -hmm. and there we bought a house on a place that is like half a mile from Hamilton's Revolutionary War headquarters. You know what I like to do? (laughs) I walk around there, and I wonder if I'm walking through Alexander Hamilton at any point. He's on the time scale. I'm in the space. We're both in the same space but at different times.
1: Do you ever, like, try to – like, freak him out by going, How does a bastard orphan son of a whore? <laughs> Actually, I saw, I
0: saw people some... don't know what you're talking about unless they know the musical.
1: Everyone knows, what everyone I'm knows about. it's a cultural phenomenon, it is. Um, yeah, so places have energy, yeah.
0: And and like, whenever we go to New York,
1: oh my god, it's so it's interesting because
0: so I used to go to the publishing end of New York and I had a really kind of scared. It was all these, you know, the massive buildings and the massive corporations. This is back when publishing organizations were massive. And then so I had kind of a skittery Mm. reaction to New York, but then you had a completely different reaction to New York that kind of brought me around.
1: Yeah, we got to know the sort of downtown Manhattan and the East Village and all those sorts of areas where it's much more on a human scale and it's much more that feeling of a neighborhood and stuff. And now that we live there part-time, there's this funny thing that happens that I, we always talk about where I don't, I'm not, you know, I will be thinking about whatever boring stuff, work, yeah. Lila, logistics. Sleep
0: deprived, sick,
1: yeah. you know, undernourished, whatever. And I, I'm i driving into Manhattan and I know the drive quite well, so I'm just not even, and but I come out of the tunnel and I'm driving through the streets of Manhattan and I will start grinning like a loon. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about where I am. I'm not observing it really because you know how when you're just thinking when you're driving and I'm suddenly like why am I oh it's the New York thing it's so energy so full of energy yeah I just love it and it's not even a choice it just happens every time
0: you know the spot in the world that that does that to me more than any other is Londolozi Game Preserve mm, in South Africa and I can travel I have shown up there like after traveling a million hours, totally jet lagged, then doing a bunch of speeches to try to earn the airfare. And I'm absolutely dead. I show up at Londolozi and they sit, they take me out in a Jeep. And suddenly I'm fresh as a daisy. I feel 20 years younger, it, it, the place just feeds me. And the East Village feeds you. I mm. like the East Village now too. Partly watching you like, like a wilted flower suddenly come to life, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very cool. That's cool. And, I remember when I first went on Harvard campus, I was like, oh, like I almost had to take a deep breath because I could feel the intensity of intellect mm. and and ambition. There was this intense and I found it very delicious. Yeah. But it was also like, oh, it was intense. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that sort of concentration of one thing in mm-hmm. a place you can sort of you know, I'm sure it just rises to the surface or whatever. Yeah. I just want to talk about another experience I oh, had yes, in, in New York recently because mm-hmm. it is, it's kind of a fascinating one, I think. So, I, from our apartment window, I can see the East River. And there's an Arnie DeFranco song about the East River that. I, um, only one, surely there must be 20, <laughs> there's actually a couple, but it was in my head cause I kept looking and, you know, and I just wanted to find my way there. And that's something I always have done in cities is just get curious about something, get down to the street level and just find your way. And having exploring on foot is something that has always, you know, a new place is always been a massive passion of mine. So and on this occasion, I had Lila with me, so I got her in her stroller and I'm like, all right, we're going to go down to the East river. And we're going to see it, yeah. And huh. that's, that's what, what we'll we, do when we get there. Yeah, we'll just see it. Well, you know, there's. If you know the Annie Franco line, you know the Annie Franco line. I don't need to say it. I you don't know what? the Annie Franco like, line. What, that. what is it? The 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 song that I'm thinking of goes: Let's go down to the East River and throw something in, something we can't live without. Then let's start again. Were you going to throw Lila in the river? <laughs> I I don't want to be drawn on that question. Okay. It never came up as it happens. Okay. So, um I would never I would never throw my child into a river. So you were going to throw maybe Alexa in. Yeah, yeah, that sounds more <laughs> likely. All right. So I am try- I'm just like walking east. <laughs> this is how I do, you know. Just by the sun. Yeah, man. Um, and I'm coming across all these things and I'm like, it's a completely different neighborhood suddenly that I haven't got to. And just before I realized that there's this thing called FDR drive that completely stops you if you are someone with a stroller at mm. the time or anything with wheels, it's it's hard to get over that big freaking road. So I'm like, oh, the baby's is getting fretful and I'm like, I need a playground stat. <laughs> and so I I ended up quite close to the East River in this sort of um, like in a sort of housing project sort of area where there was this one little sad little um Aww. playground. And uh, I was like, OK, get your energy out, you know, and I'm standing there and it's probably about 10, 30 in the morning. And so there's you know there's a number of these sort of high rise um, mm-hmm. apartment blocks around, yeah. and then but between it's just it's like common space, Do you right, know right. that you can picture the kind of thing. It's not on the street, and so um, I'm there, and I Lila's sort of playing on the playground, and I just suddenly slowly started feeling really uneasy, and. I'm, like, looking around trying to figure out what's going on with mm-hmm. my spidey senses. There's not that many people around, but it's early on I think a Sunday morning so I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's time for people to just go right. home or sleeping in or whatever. But then when there were people I felt scared, hmm. a little bit scared, and I, I called you. Yeah, I'm I remember like, you called yeah. from this place and you were like, this is like spooky, something's really scary here. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, like. To be really, really frank about what happened, like I was like, Marty, am I like having a racist moment? Am I like thinking about the wire or something and thinking that there are guns a- around or something like that? Because I didn't know and I'm trying to, we're going to talk about interpretation later. But, right, right. You know, and I was just like, what, what is this? And, you know, what I said to Marty was I have to stop behaving the way yeah. I behaved as a young, single, you know, yeah. um, childless person because now I've got a kid and I can't just go wherever I want to go anymore I need to think it through because I'm really uneasy and I eventually got her back in the stroller and and got her home and I was like well the lesson of that weird encounter was that I um I can't can't take Lila places well guess what happened I came home this is so interesting country mouse house and Karen out of nowhere says to me hey, did you hear about this thing with arsenic in New York? And I'm like, what? And she said, yeah, there's this housing development where they've, or housing development, is that what you? Kind
0: of a na- yeah, neighborhood, a block of Yeah, like one of those yeah.
1: little communities. and um, And they found arsenic in the water. And yeah, of
0: these of these particular apartment buildings.
1: Yeah, and so and Eric Adams, the mayor, was going down there that day, bringing all this fresh water, and there was and then it was on the news, and it was this whole huge event, and that was all happening. Like he, the mayor, right. arrived and everything, probably an hour or so after I was there. But it was just the most fascinating validating yeah. experience because I totally. I totally misread what was going on with my brain, but my body was just like something's wrong and what, what was happening was people were scared. Right. Thousands of I people. I was feeling their fear. I think and, you're probably right. And it's weird because the only thing I could imagine was going on, because that would never have occurred to me, is I'm scared of them, but I was actually scared so with them. So interesting.
0: Yeah. Interpretation. We will talk about yeah. this in a minute, but that is, it was, you were so freaked out and you, and it exactly matched the, the feeling of a of thousands of people going oh my god we're drinking poison like it was so yeah. creepy yeah. It reminds me of when i walked past a tv that was showing princess diana's funeral mm-hmm. and i had never followed I, she seemed nice enough i did i just mm. don't pursue celebrity interests and a wave of grief hit me so hard mm. that i just burst into tears like i'd lost my best friend and i was crying and crying going I don't even know – I don't know a thing about this woman. But Mm. I could feel that there were a lot of people who did right and who were grieving. And it hit me the way that hit you. It wasn't like, oh, maybe I feel a slight something. It was Mm. like being hit by a a tornado or something.
1: Wham! Yeah. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Energy. And, of course, you know, the culture, um, as we know and we've already touched on, is Mm -hmm. like, no – no, there's no such thing as that, what yeah. we just talked about.
0: <laughs> it is to laugh. <laughs> All real things are measurable with yes. my handy-dandy measuring tool. That my I little have. measuring it's a cup tool. And Alexa, I will measure things.
1: Yes, exactly. Like you've got to measure it. You've got to be able to see it by, with some sort of instrument that may or may not exist yet. But, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, we were saying it's further than that because it's actually to the point that if you don't, if you do believe in this, you are uh, you get sneered at yeah you're stupid and there's
0: there's this guy um he's a really good social scientist his name is Dean Radin and he wrote books like The Conscious Universe and he does experiments on things like this and he does them immaculately they are so tightly controlled they are absolutely perfect experiments and it he sees that yes people do sense energy and they do sense it across space and they do sense it through time you know they can feel things coming before they come And people just mock. I mean, he just spends all his time dealing with being attacked, 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 sneered, sneered, sneered. And once I called him and I said, I'm going to this city where a bunch of people want to do a meditation thing and see if the crime rate drops in the city. And he's like, are you kidding that you can't control anything there? You're going to get all kinds of random variables. I mean, he was just, he almost sneered at me, Mm. but his standards of science were impeccable.
1: Mm. Mm. His
0: experiments are are there's nothing you can fault and yet he gets sneered at constantly
1: well and i think you know it's something that comes around a lot in these conversations is that shaming is a way that the culture likes to keep people in line and and to be sneered at is to be shamed whether you accept the shame or not yeah Um, you know what's funny about that mm. it is the energy of the sneer
0: that is traumatizing it's not like Huh. People don't have to touch you physically. They don't have to stop inviting you to parties or whatever. But if you feel the
1: sneer, even if they don't say anything, huh. it withers your very soul that's so true, and it explains to me suddenly why you can remember things when you can't remember the words that we use. like mm. you know, two people can go, "Oh, yeah, we had that terrible fight. What was that about? I don't know, and it's like, how could you not know what the fight was about? Yeah, um, and it's because the the words have all gone. From yeah. memory, but the the sense of the energy,
0: I think it remains. it sinks in more
1: deeply. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I
0: used to very occasionally I would coach couples, mm. and they would talk about being screamed at, and they would be sitting in my office, and they maybe they'd get slightly heated, and they'd be like, "I did not," do-. the energy was a scream, mm. and they'd say, "Stop screaming at me," and I would say, "Like he's talking very softly, or she didn't scream," and they're like, "No, he always screams at me like this." Mm. It was very big energy and they were also hypersensitive to each other's energy, which Mm. is a whole different thing. Like if you don't believe energy is real, how could you be hypersensitive to it? So you just end up making your conclusions and thinking that they're observable reality. Yeah,
1: attributing it to something else. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love this idea of the little the little instrument that the culture can, you know, if if this instrument can't measure it, then it doesn't exist. And I really would love you to tell the story about the telescope.
0: Oh, yeah. What I always say, there's a – I read a book about um, uh, cultures that believe in energies, and it says all around the world people have always had this magical thinking that they could sense each other's presence across space and everything. And the fact that everyone believes it means it's a product of the brain and it's not real. And I was like, wait, every culture says there's a moon in the sky, but that's not because their brains are fantasizing a moon in the sky. And then like, I was, I did a book about shamanism a long time ago. And a lot of the shamans would say things like, you know, we hear the plants singing, they give us recipes. um, I'm communicating with my village across, you know, I just use my, I throw my ideas or whatever. And Those are the kinds of things that our science says, they don't exist, they don't exist. And the person would say, well, okay, here's what you have to do. You have to meditate, you have to take a certain plant substance, you have to do these things. And the scientists would say, we don't have to do that. We know it doesn't exist. And I thought, what if you said to someone, I have discovered that there are rings around Saturn. And they said, no, I see Saturn all the time. It's just a planet, it doesn't have rings. And you say, yes, but I have a telescope. Look through the telescope. And they would say, "No, I'm not going to look through your stupid telescope. It's just going to fool me into thinking, you know, I, that I can. That what I see with my own eyes isn't reality." Like the methodologies of understanding energy are very well developed in many cultures, but our culture will not use the methodologies, and then it totally uh, disconfirms the belief system because. It never uses, it won't measure in the way that those cultures have learned to measure things. But if you use those technologies, things happen. I guarantee they happen.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So how do we figure it all out, Marty? Well, we will figure that out in just a minute. I've always been weird. (laughs) When I write and speak professionally, I have to tone it down, especially the part where I believe the universe loves us and is on our side. A few years ago, I decided to just show up online and say what I really think. This became The Gathering Pod, a series of discussions about how to thrive in a difficult world. So if you need hope, inspiration, or a chance to listen to someone much weirder than you could ever be, come join me on The Gathering Pod.
1: So... As we try to figure this out and we try to get to the bottom of culture nature mm-hmm. thing, you know, I think my example with the arsenic in the water is, you know, like I the the nature part of me said something scary is happening, mm. and that part was correct. It says feel what you feel and trust it. Right, right. But my the part of me that was culture. said figure out with your brain what what this means Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know and I feel like that's that's the kind of nature culture breakdown here it's as we sort of said before it's the leap between the feeling and then what we name the feeling
0: you know you make an excellent point because one thing I always try to remember is that when we're scared we're scary right I'm afraid of someone it's I will say always it's always because there's fear in them. And one of the most common things that happens is that people come braced to be attacked and they so they become they their energy is very spiky and angry like it's a fight or flight energy. Mm. They're feeling terrified, but what they come across as is spiky and con- confrontational and rude. And so the other person then interprets that energy to be, you're upset with me, and I'm going to counter with my own aggression. Mm. And so two terrified people will say, I was just innocently going about my way, and he just attacked me out of nowhere. No, you attacked me. So the interpretation of the energy, if you're not, (laughs) you have to be really careful and and, um, impeccable in the way you discern mm. energy mm. and say, oh, okay, I, I will believe that. But if you're in a very, you know, extreme state of energy yourself, you'll, you'll paint everything with that brush.
1: Yeah. You can't really step into that interpretive space during something that intense. Right? So if
0: you went back to the playground thing. Yeah. Um, and if you like feel into that sensation, mm-hmm. Can you feel the difference between a place where everyone is terrified and a place where there's like hostility?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And here's the thing. We can't learn that from culture. Our culture says it doesn't even exist, but you're feeling your way through this. And it's like learning to track a different animal, to tell a hyena track from a leopard track or whatever. Mm. You're making finer and finer discerning judgments about the feeling of it. Mm -hmm. And you call them spidey senses. Mm. If you acknowledge that this is a real thing and Mm. you can do it, then you can get really responsible about learning
1: to interpret it impeccably. Well, and I wonder if you always need to interpret it. Like if this is like part of our more, um, you know, our nature that is, is from way back evolutionarily, Mm -hmm. like in terms of dealing with relationships between people, all right, 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 we need to interpret. But for my example, I could I might never have found out what was actually going right. on in that place that day, and the the message would have remained as true, and the message was simply, if I had to put words to it, this is not a good place to be, be elsewhere." Mm, and it would have been correct.
0: Yes. Yes. Here's the thing. I think the the language and, and memory interpretation is what gets us messed up here. Because um, you may have, y'all out there in the world may have heard of Jill Bolte-Taylor, the Harvard mm. neuroanatomist who had a massive left hemisphere stroke when she was 37. And she's a friend of mine. And when she lost language and rational calculation She wrote in her book, you know, I didn't know what people were saying. I didn't know who they are. I had no idea what a doctor was or even what a mother was, but boy, could I feel their energy. Mm. And she's like, after I got my language back and my reasoning capacity back, I didn't throw away the baby with the bathwater. I kept that ability to sense energy. But here was the thing, she felt no fear and she felt connected to everyone. She felt like she was one with everything. The Mm. right hemisphere seems to do that. So she wasn't making any cultural interpretations or any verbal interpretations. She was, and I think because of that, she was able to sense things and get their meaning quite accurately. Huh. She wasn't spinning anything around it. She was just reacting to what was present in the moment. Like you said, this is a, not a good place to be Be elsewhere.
1: Mm, mm. That's,
0: there's nothing judgmental about that. There's nothing cultural about it. Mm-hmm. It's a pure natural energy. So, and and so maybe we could just keep that and go to what exactly did I feel in that moment instead of he was so mean or
1: she was just pathetic or, you know, like what did you feel in that moment? And was there like an action directive there, right? Mm. Like... You know, if Jill was she didn't know what a mother was, but she felt moved towards this mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. you know, to simplify, yes. it. you know, the the doctors might have been wanting to study her for whatever and it's like move away. This isn't their intentions aren't good. Yeah. And and so I just wonder if we Yeah, how much we need to go about this process. Cause what we're talking about is moving from the right brain what well, right hemisphere of the brain that that um, like Jill, that that feels it. Yeah. And then we feel like we have to move it over to the computer, right, the right. left hemisphere. And get rid of all that
0: woo-woo stuff. But the whole brain, which is what Jill talks about using, says, here is this energy. I'm putting this interpretation. Am I absolutely sure it's true? So you, to, you be the scientist. You bring your left brain in, but not just to say, I know what that means. Mm. You say, my brain is telling me what that means. Am I absolutely certain? So you become
1: a more scrupulous scientist
0: and you keep the feeling of the energy at the same time.
1: Oh, I love that. That's really cool. And I guess like because my question that I still have about this is learning how to trust Mm. these feelings when they come up and to make sure that I'm not mistaking a real energetic read Hmm. for some sort of preconception that I've got in my brain. Right. But like – So, and I guess what we're we're sort of edging towards is it's not about whether energy is real or not real. It's is it giving us useful information we can use right now?
0: You know what I think is a really useful thing for me as we're talking about this? Mm. Um, I get a sense I make an interpretation because I can't not like my yes, brain is know, just yeah. generating. I have a monkey that bites brutality. Yeah, Don't feed him. Don't fight him. Even if you fight, you cannot you can't win. win. So I have my monkey mind going, I know exactly what that means. And then if I go to you, and this is why it's so interesting to be in a three person relationship,
1: because mm.
0: I know exactly what you mean and exactly what your tone of voice was. And Karen's like, no. <laughs> You're like, no, I really didn't. But you said, and Karen's like, no, she really didn't. And then, you know, it, the the referee seat shifts mm-hmm. depending on who's getting a little anxious and it's always about, it's always about Anxiety, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. That's about <laughs> always
0: the misinterpretation. Yeah, we never go to like I'm going to I'm going to dominate you. We're always yeah. like,
1: Are you mad at me? Please tell me, mad at me. I thought
0: you were mad at me. <laughs> ah, we all thought we were mad at each other all the time. Yeah. So checking with a, a person who's not really involved in the situation. And I remember one time I was working with a client who was trying to get out of a bad marriage, and I was sitting with someone else totally unrelated to the situation mm-hmm. and and the person i started feeling really 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 strange for some reason i felt terrified but also sort of mashed down and my mind was clouded and everything it felt really toxic and weird and the person with me said it was another coach said this, your energy just shifted and then i said i know and we tried to figure out what it was and then the, the other person went Oh yeah, it's not you. You're getting ick bombed. Figure out where you're getting ick bombed. And I went to my email, and this woman's husband, who was she was trying to get out of the marriage, he was he decided I was responsible. Mm. And he had turned a violent stream of rage against me. And when the email came in, that's when I started to like get all weird and messed up. Mm, wow. That really showed me a lot about, yeah, yeah, take it seriously. However. <laughs> It brings me to another thing, which is, I know when people against me, they have the evil Mm. eye and that can get really out of hand. Yeah. And it's a good reason, I mean, people went to the sort of empirical rational way of thinking because they came from a theocracy where someone could say, you have violated Christendom and will be burned as a witch. And how can we tell we feel it, right? Mm. So then they went to, no, if you can't measure it, you can't claim it. Mm. And having come from a theocracy myself, Utah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's where you always—that's why you have to be a very scrupulous scientist of your own emotional energy,
1: right? And not mistake one for the other, because culture can masquerade as nature for those of us who are trying to do this stuff. You know, say more. Well, like paranoia. Ah. I could feel like that story you just told was true and was borne out by the facts, but you know, you could have, oh, I, I, yeah. I'm sure that, you know, this person, you know, it was right. so easy to concoct that story. Yep. Um, and it starts here, it doesn't start in the gut or wherever this stuff is coming from, you know? You know what I'm thinking is, it basically, you have to take absolute responsibility for the cleanliness
0: of your own energy.
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody oh. could be ick
0: bombing you, somebody could be madly in love with you and you're not in love with them, so you don't know what to do about it. They can't make you feel afraid. Who was it? It's been attributed to everybody. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Yeah. I've heard it, Eleanor Roosevelt. Like, I don't know who said it, but it's a good point. Mm. If you say, you made me do this thing because I was scared of how you would have reacted if you'd found out, like people, I hear that kind of thing all the time. Mm. I had to tell the lies because I knew from their energy that if they'd known that I'd done this and that, I would have been in trouble. No, they can't make you. Change your energy, even if they send you a strong bolt of it.
1: Absolutely, you,
0: you can always be- get back to. You can always get back to calm. You can I, not that I can do it all the time, but I try. Get back to presence. Yeah. Get back to self authority. I know how to work with my own feelings. Get back to integrity. That is actually. It's a, it's a sense of being in a clear place that is actually deeper even than emotion, like mm. the place where I am sure.
1: Mm.
0: And that's just presence.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting the way this conversation has run from you. You were talking about the monkey mind mm-hmm. in a sort of joking way at the beginning. But what I see coming through here is that the, that this is exactly where the monkey mind can steer us so wrong. Yes. And that... Energy can be a really powerful teacher and director of, of the decisions we make, but there is no rush, like snap judgment about yeah. what it means. And until you can get to the presence and the space and the sense of truth that you're talking about, it's not, it's a garbled transmission. <laughs> it right? is so funny
0: that this silly thing that I brought in because it was ridiculous is actually turning into my lesson of the year. <laughs> Say it again, Marty. Yes, it is. um, This is our lesson, everyone. Okay, here it is. Here it is. The wild monkey has appeared. The the wild monkey bites brutality. Mm. Don't feed him Mm. and don't fight him. Even if you fight, you can't win. So the monkey mind says, I'm afraid. I'm very, very afraid. And there is something deeper that is presence. And when a client is going weird, I'll say, look at the color of the walls. Feel yourself in Mm. your chair. This is where you are. Can you feel that you're okay now? As Byron Katie says, no matter what happens, you always just end up sitting in a chair somewhere. Be sitting in the chair where you are. And when the energy comes, don't fight it and don't feed it, especially Mm. if it bites brutality. Oh, God, yeah. Because if you fight the wild monkey,
1: you can't win. So with that, my friends, go sense some energy and stay stay wild. We hope you're enjoying Bewildered. If you're in the USA and want to be notified when a new episode comes out, text the word WILD to 570-873-0144. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is podcast. You can follow us to get updates, hear funny snippets and outtakes, and chat with other fans of the show. Bewildered is produced by Scott Forster with support from the brilliant team at MBI. And remember, if you're having fun, please rate and review and stay wild.
0: You know, what I'm seeing out in the world is a lot of fear and a growing amount of despair. Maybe you're feeling that way, too, because the ways our culture has taught us to navigate the world, to navigate our lives, they are failing us. We need And the world needs wayfinders now more than ever. So please go to MarthaBank.com and you'll find your way.